Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Jones. Barron. He's got it. England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four. And England have won the match. Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket and after the third day, the truncated third day at Edgbaston, all to play for of course with England managing in the end to bowl Australia out and get a small lead which was most unexpected at the start of play but then having to negotiate a difficult period themselves in that uh, overcast session before play was abandoned for the day. This episode of the Analyst Inside Cricket by the way is brought to you in association with IG Trading and Investments one of the England sponsors. So what's the state of the game, do we think, Simon, at this point? (laughs) Well, that's a good question. It's anybody's guess, isn't it? Before that 20-minute passage of play, before they finally came off the day, you'd have said, well, England would be very happy with the situation. They'd had a very good hour. They bowled Australia out and they got to 26 for no wicket. But then Australia got out there for 20 minutes. It was really difficult conditions. You could, It was overcast. The lights were on. Such a contrast to... Friday when England were batting in sunshine but that's the nature of the game isn't it you, you conditions vary from day to day and Australia can say well we batted under cloudy skies on, on, on Saturday morning but you know w- without that 20 minute session you'd say England you know on top doing well doing well enough with the prospect of a decent uh, Monday weather forecast to, to go out and you know, make the most of it and then suddenly bang two quick wickets and the pressure is on England now it, re- it really is and they ve- I mean they weren't that far away from losing Joe Root as well uh, but he just got outside the line to an LBW decision. So who's going to be the hero, I wonder, for either side to bring this match eventually to a conclusion with two days to go? Talking of heroes, especially of Edgebaston, we've got one on this show today. We are going to hear from Ian Botham looking back at one great Ashes moment at Edgebaston. And of course it was that five for one that he took in that incredible 1981 series. So we're going to be hear- hearing from Ian Botham about that spell uh, a little bit later, 
But it was Anderson who uh, suggested he was going to make the big breakthroughs early on today, but didn't quite get it. Didn't quite go as planned, did it? Well, he, he did. He did get one, uh, but there was the drop catch from Johnny Bairstow in the first over, and Johnny Bairstow was out there knocking up before play. The ball was being whacked at him. Yeah, and you know, it must have been a difficult night for him because he'd missed those chances on Saturday, the, the Cameron Green one and the Alex Carey one. The focus was on him. You know, he was doing his warm-ups. He was going through his drills. And then, lo and behold, first over of the day, inside edge from Carey, Johnny Besto dives away to his right, sticks one pull down, doesn't take the catch. Uh, you, you know, you can do all your preparation, but it doesn't always work out. It must, you know, it must have been tough. And Anderson actually went over to him and said, you know, all right, you know, keep going, keep going, you know, rather than just walking back to his mark in high dudgeon. So there was that support for Bester, perhaps a recognition that, you know, he has been under pressure, that it has been a, a difficult test match, or at least a difficult day for him on Saturday, because he had an excellent game until those two mistakes. Yeah, it just shows, as you say, that, that practice doesn't always make perfect. Uh, just in relation to that, it's worth mentioning that IGR uh, podcast sponsors have teamed up with the ECB to launch the IG Net Gains Fund, which is a fantastic commitment actually to invest in new public net facilities in locations around the country, uh, largely connected to the test match venues. And it just emphasises the importance of net practice and and, and net preparation, but it doesn't always go to plan, of course. Uh, But by the way, to find out more about the Net Gains Fund, the IG Net Gains Fund, go to ig.com slash investing remembering of course that if you're thinking about investing in stocks and shares with ig your capital is at risk so anderson did get the wicket of carey eventually clean bowled or you know got got through the gate and thank goodness he kept his foot behind the line because you know will that wicket of kawaja by stuart broad on the second day which was then deemed to be overstepping will that be a key moment in in the match in in you know when we look back on it well, it could be. And actually, you, you look at it, I mean, England took a first innings lead. You know, they, they, they led the way on Friday, 393. They went out and played positively. Australia were under pressure. England you know, did bowl them out. But England have made uh, perhaps more mistakes in this game. I know Kerry dropped one on, on Friday. But England made, it, it feels, crucial mistakes in the match. And also, Yoz, uh, I don't want to go on about it again, but perhaps I feel obliged to. <laughs> what about that declaration? on Friday they you know they would love an extra 40 runs say Joe Root was out there and I thought that what was fascinating was the contrast the conditions in which Joe Root was batting on Friday at five to six thereabouts when England declared lovely sunny weather Australia tired Joe Root smacking it everywhere totally in control and then he comes in at about 20 quarter to four after England lost their second wicket when Zach Crawley was was caught behind. It's overcast, the lights are on, the ball is zipping, Australia right on top of their game. You're thinking, hold on a second, Uh, you know, a day and a half ago, it was absolutely straightforward batting out here. I was was in total control and my captain said, come on in, Joe, you know, we, we need to get bowling you know I you know I think it, that was the wrong decision that, that they should have continued batting and get as many runs as they possibly can 
we'll, we'll see how this game uh, plays out. But it, I'm sure England would love 40 more runs, and I'm sure you know Joe Root might have a sort of rueful think back to those conditions. He only just managed to to hang on. It was really difficult batting conditions. It's, it's amazing, isn't it, the game of cricket? You know how the conditions can change from from day to day and, and Root was, was you could see the rain coming over the Hollies stand and Root was thinking how many balls have I got here and so was Pope as well how many balls have we got to survive because that rain's coming and it eventually it did come it felt like for England uh, just in time because if, if England lost Root uh, on this third day you know 28 for three then whoa, the, you know big problems they would have been under huge pressure in the match so one uh, decision by Ben Stokes, which perhaps uh, has questionable um, credibility or sens sensibility, but uh, some brilliant captaincy again today, yeah. I thought, uh, early on to get those final Australian wickets, notably that the wicket of Kawaja, who played a you know a tremendous vigil, didn't he? He batted for more than a day, absolutely dedicated himself to, to the crease for the, the large part of the Australian innings, in fact. A wonderful performance. And I think just Stokes sort of tinkering with the field. And in the end, I see the Telegraph have called the, the field setting he gave to Kawaja. The Telegraph have called it the Brumbrella field after the famous big cover that used to cover the whole ground at Edgebaston, wheeled out, uh, covered literally the whole surface. You could do with that today, couldn't you, actually? Uh, it, was, it, it tended to be a, a bit slow-moving, but it did actually cover the entire field. It was known as the Brumbrella. And in the end, they, they abandoned it because it just took too long, I think, to get off and the machinery kept breaking down. But the field he set today, Stokes... Three men on either side of the wicket catching, sort of mid-wicket, second mid-wicket, third mid-wicket, and a short extra cover, a short cover, a short mid-off. So he was ringed by fielders in front of the bat. And I think Kawaja just ran out of patience or tried to assert himself in some other way, stepped out of his crease to Ollie Robertson and yorked himself. So, you know, a, a lovely bit of conjuring again by Stokes, uh, which was something of a feature of the second day as well. Oh yeah, I mean his captaincy has been full of imagination. It's just, it's just certain things you look at. You think, well, Ben, why have you, why have you done that? And he'll have his, you know, obviously have his reason for it. And the reason was they wanted to get bowling on on Friday night. The reason for the declaration. I can understand that the reasoning behind it. I just happen to think it was flawed thinking. But I mean, some of his planning, some of his fields. He's always thinking. He's always changing the field, and that. Well, it, it worked, didn't it? He, he gave himself some room and Kawaja tried to hit it through the offside. It was a really strange dismissal, actually, to see Kawaja do that. I think Michael Vaughan on TMS, he, he thought that, that, um, that Robinson was going to bowl him a cutter and, and he, he was deceived. You know, it was actually quite a, a full ball. He, he yorked himself, ball that, that hit the top of off stump. But that was such a crucial moment for England. 3.72 for seven and then the rest went down pretty tamely, it has to be said. The last four wickets going for 14 and you know, what we have seen from England in the last year is they don't hang around with the tail, do they? As soon as the tail comes in, men go out, they bounce them. Nathan Lyons got quite a good pull shot, but it's not easy if you've got six men on the leg side and he succumbed and so Boland succumbed to the short ball as well. Cummins you know, had to you know, whack for the hills towards the end. He was last man out. He slogged one up in the air uh, you know, when he only had uh, Josh Hazelwood for company. So, you know, they, England's tactics, some of England's tactics have been excellent, you know, really thoughtful, uh, imaginative and, you know, and, and successful and, and that really worked out well for them.
Yeah, and I'd, I'd, I also like to pay credit not only to the field settings, uh, setting fielders for the short ball, even on a feather bed of a pitch, but actually the, the credit also to the bowlers for, for actually sustaining their pace and getting the ball as high as they did. Ollie Robinson and Stuart Broad in partnership there, picking up three wickets each in the end uh, to, to, to take six wickets in the innings between them. And you know, two or three of those wickets with the short ball, which takes a lot of effort on a pitch like that to get the ball up head high but they did it incessantly and the Aussies fell for the trap and in fact England uh, have uh, in the in the world of cricket over the last two years England have the best record apart from India of polishing off the tail from 8 to 11 uh, wickets only average about 14 against England and it's 12 against India so India's marginally better probably through the likes of Jasper Bumrah and, and Mohammed Shami but England really you know honing in and cutting off the tail pretty effectively was a, a real area of weakness in many years gone by so they figured out a, a strategy here and it's it's right I mean I remember you know being a tail ender myself and you don't want the ball being bounced up at you and what what options have you got it's often very difficult to decide do you fend it off do you duck out of the way do you have a pull at it and you're probably not something you practice all that much as a tail ender a pull shot or a hook shot uh, you're, you, you, you're also in two minds with a short leg whether to fend it off or duck some of them weren't going up very much so you don't don't know whether to duck or to fend it off and it's it's a it does cause indecision in a lower order player's mind and it, it was very effective today to give England a narrow lead yeah you because you haven't got many options have you Yoz really you, you, you either the ball hits you or you just keep on ducking or you go for the pull shot and if you, unless you hit it out of the ground you, there's, there's going to be a fielder lurking in the deep somewhere and that's what happened to Nathan Lyon you, and, you, and we saw Jasper Bummer didn't we that amazing over from Stuart Broad last year he, he actually made contact and kept hitting it over the rope and top edging it that amazing over that went for 30 odd and sometimes it, that, you know, it will come off but eventually got out and of course England went on to win the game and memorably that incredible partnership but it's, it, yeah I can I can totally understand that it's, it's, it's not easy at, at the end there what what are your scoring options your scoring options really are to, to t try and hit the ball for six and that is fraught with danger as it as it proved for, well uh, two of them and then Scott Boland caught I mean I don't think I've seen a catch like it's not a catch you often see in club cricket uh, with a with close infielders where someone bounces it and a, a lower order player just sort of pokes it straight to the silly point fielder it was a it was an amazing dismissal really so 14 runs for the last four wickets Australia collapsing uh, not the most famous collapse by Australia at Edgbaston. And in this podcast, each episode, we're going to feature a segment discussing a famous moment from Ashes history. And today, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to just look back at that incredible spell by Ian Botham, five for one at Edgbaston in 1981. Just to give you a little bit of the, of the context of the state of the match, Australia only needed about 150 to win in the fourth innings on a very dry, similar sort of pitch to the one that we're playing on now, very dry dry sort of spinning pitch and Australia had got to 100 for three so they needed about 50 more to win and they were looking you know pretty odds on to, to coast home. Alan Border their fantastic left-hander was playing superbly and as England came out after lunch on the final day with Australia only needing 50 to win with seven wickets in hand Ian Botham came out to field 
in his flats, in his sort of plimsolls, his trainers, because he wasn't expecting to bowl. Dickie Bird had said to Mike Brearley, the captain, you better get the spinners on, skip, keep the spinners on, because we want to get home early. And the spinners were being knocked around for, for runs. But both of them said, can I come out and field in my flats? And Brearley wasn't that happy about it. But he said, well, OK. Both of them then said, well, give Embers one more over anyway and see what happens. And in that over, John Embry took the wicket of border. And so what happened next was Brearley said to both of them, I think you better go off and get your bowling boots on. And this is how Beefy recounts that moment. Yeah, and I did wear my flats. And then he said, I think it's time for you to go and get your boots on. I said, well, let's just give Embers another over. And of course, he got border out in that next over, caught by Gat at short leg. And then before he looked round, I was already off the field getting the boots put on. I sprinted off and I got the boots on and came out. And then uh, it was the first time I encountered reverse swing as a bowler. I came in and I had the normal orthodox shiny side, uh, duller side. The ball was quite a few overs old by then. It was a, a very dry wicket. So I was, I was actually whinging about it getting scuffed up. And I was trying to um, polish the one side. And I was holding it for the outswing and suddenly it went, boom, dipped in. I thought, oh, hang on, um, what's going on here? And then I, and another one went that way and I got, then I got a wicket with it going in that way. So I thought, well, hang on, if it goes that way, what about if I switch it? So I switched it and I got it to go that way. And, and I found that was the first time I encountered reverse swing, legal reverse swing. And, uh, you know, it was... Um, it was great. It was absolutely fantastic. And suddenly, new dimension. And uh, that, that, so I bowled fuller and fuller to get it right up there and, you know, five for one. So a great moment from Ash's history there. Of course, that was one of three extraordinary match-turning performances by him, both of them, 149-odd out in the, the Headingley Test, the five for one in the Edgbaston Test, and then an amazing 100 at Old Trafford to turn the total series around. And that... Uh, all those quotes and, and memories are actually contained in a podcast series I produced with Stephen Fry, narrated by Stephen Fry, called Legends of the Ashes. You can catch that on the global podcast platform and all other podcast providers. By the way, also, if you're lucky enough to be going to one of the men's Ashes tests this summer, you'll have the chance to experience some other memorable Ashes moments yourself by stepping into the IG Net Gains Arena, which is a cricket simulator created by the Batfast people. You might have seen those around the place over the last couple of years. It's a cricket simulator equipped with cutting-edge AR technology developed by Batfast to face six famous balls from recent Ashes history. And every run scored in that arena will translate to being money being added to the IG Net Gains Fund. So good luck with that. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The, the wonderful thing about test cricket, as opposed to any other form of cricket, is not only can the pitch change condition during five days but also so can the climate especially in England you know you've had two beautiful days of sunny weather lovely batting conditions both teams knocking up close to 400 and then suddenly today the third day the clouds roll in the humidity you know up to sort of 90 percent the bowlers are starting to licking their lips with a brand new Duke's ball and it starts to do things and I suppose that's the beauty of it. In a way, it's it's luck, luck of the draw when you happen to be batting and bowling in those situations. But also you've got to recognise how to capitalise on them. And I suppose England maybe were just caught napping slightly by the Australians, you know, bowling in that second innings. I'm not necessarily blaming the either Crawley or, or Duckett for bad shots, but, you know, you have to just be that bit more aware of the potential for the ball to be moving around. And, uh, you know, Zach Crawley, his dismissal to Scott Boland, he was sort of stepping out of his crease and sort of outside off stump in the, in the sort of Baz Ball kind of mantra, you know, looking to take the attack to the bowlers, but actually played at one which he could have left. And it just moved away and took the edge. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't quite see it like that. I thought he was trying to take the LBW out by trying to come down the pitch. I mean, it was just it, 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 the conditions were really difficult. I thought, and it, it was a good ball. Basically, it was in the channel. It was that sort of relentless uh, bowl and bowling, just enough on it uh, to take the outside edge. That's how I saw it. Because Root came out and did something similar. He was trying to get forward, trying to get down the pitch, and was take that that nippy LBW out, and you know, Bowling trying to nip it back into the right hander. What what did you make of? Uh, Ben Duckett's decision—he was playing away from his body. That one just nipped a bit. And Cameron yeah. Green, what I mean, what a what a catch that was again! Another magnificent uh, piece of uh, catch in Cameron Green. He must be one of the best in the world, if not the best in the world, in that sort of cordon area. Staggering, staggering catch uh, to be able to get down that low that quickly from that height. And I, I don't blame Duckett actually in in this innings. I thought it was a ball that was he probably did have to play. It slipped off the face slightly. Uh, you know, maybe he could have got his weight a bit forward, but being hypercritical, but I, I don't think it was a bad shot. And you, you wouldn't very often get out like that, I don't think. In fact, I think Australia were light with their fields. They should have put a more slips in because because of the conditions, because of the, the, the ball starting to nip around and things. I thought they probably should have brought in a, an extra slip, but they only had two slips and Cameron Green had a sort of wide fourth slip. And it just happened to float or you know, slide off the bat into his area, but very low, and probably few other fielders in the world would have caught it. And they might have got a hand on it, or they might have got a foot on it or something, but few other people would have caught it. So I thought Duckett was a bit unlucky, but it was brilliant cricket by Australia. 
Yeah, well, I mean, just wonderful fielding. I mean, what, uh, he's going to take some screamers in this series, and then the ball goes near him. You, I think, you, as a batter, you hold your breath because he can he can pluck out some uh, remarkable catches. So yeah, England losing a ducket. Just play. I was just playing away for his body a bit. It did it did leave him. It did sort of poke out at him. But also, you know, the other point being that was the first catch in the cordon in the match. I mean, that's the middle of the third day, and you get the first slip catch in the match. I mean, that is incredible. It shows how how little pace there is in the pitch Stuart broad overnight saying you know he, he was basically saying how uh, uh, sort of saying you know, it's a terrible pitch there's no pace in it, there's no bounce in it <laughs> and yet we're in a situation where you know the game is pretty advanced and you feel as long as the weather plays ball for the rest of the game there's a, you know, every chance of an outright result in the game yeah I guess one big talking point to finish is the the situation with Mo and Ali isn't it because yeah. He obviously wasn't able to bowl effectively today. Obviously, the, the, the fingers uh, are causing him problems, having bowled 29 overs in the Australian first innings. Uh, and coming out today, fingers very sore, had only bowled 26 overs in the entire IPL. And bowling with a fairly soft kookaburra ball is totally different to bowling with a hard Duke's ball for you know nearly 30 overs on a very hot day and really trying to spin it as well whereas in IPL you might not try to spin it that much actually so a, a, a tough uh, sort of experience for him and I, I just remember you know, the number of spinners who've complained of this kind of thing before but Graham Swan his, his index finger and his middle finger kind of splitting apart and him using glue to keep them together Lizzie Ammon in the Times remembers that he actually used to use uh, dip his fingers in urine to, to harden them up to be able to to grip the ball and spin it in 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 passing. Spinners all have different uh, philosophy, sort of systems, methods of of trying to protect their fingers. But it's going to be a big problem for England now, isn't it? If he can't bowl in the second innings. Well, you you, you think so? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he will bowl. But how effective can you be when you've got a problem like that? And of course, he was, he was actually fined 15% of his match fee as well because he put some sort of drying spray on his fingers during the play yesterday when he was explicitly told by the umpires uh, not to do so. So it is a problem for England. I mean, to me, the, the key bowler, depending on the conditions on the, the fourth morning, the key bowler for me in the, in the England second innings is going to be Nathan Lyon. OK, they've got a couple of bonus ones with the good fortune of having the overheads from the pace bowlers, but Lyon's going to be a threat. And, yeah, you, you want Moen to play his part in the in the fourth innings. It's that sort of pitch. You, you feel... I mean, you, you feel that if England had... You know, going back in the day, if England had... Graham Swan and Monty Panesar to bowl in the fourth innings. Yeah, they, they'd have a, a magnificent chance in this game because there's, there's plenty in this pitch uh, for the slow bowlers, albeit it you know, is quite a slow pitch. But if Moeen can't bowl very much or very effectively, then a lot falls on Joe Root and the seamers and uh, it, you know, it'll come down to Ben Stokes' imaginative captaincy. But first things first, y'all, they've got to get some runs on the board. And you know, how many will they need? Well, what, what do you think? What, what, what will give them a chance? Well, I mean, if you look at you know test matches in general, if you get more than two fifty ahead, mm. uh, leaving a team two fifty to win plus, eight times out of ten they don't get it. I mean, games have changed a bit, I suppose, over the last couple of years with more uh, pitches sort of lasting and batting batters dominating last day run chases. That's obviously happened quite a bit in the last couple of years. But I still think on a pitch like this. 250 plus is going to be a tough chase again it depends on the bowling attack that that you've got to confront you if they don't have a, a decent frontline spinner then it might be that 300 is, is more gettable but I think if England have a, 
at Moen Alley able to bowl, then 250 plus is going to be a tough fourth innings chase. I wonder if Moen Alley himself is ruining having uh, agreed to come back because he's got split fingers, he's been fined 25% of his match fee, and I suppose this injury could potentially hamper him for a few weeks, not only meaning he can't play a test match, but another test match, but also you know, the 100 and all that, which is captain of the Birmingham Phoenix. So it will probably have, it could have sort of quite long-standing uh, impacts and influences on him. Yeah, I mean, you'd think he might be a doubt for the the Test match of Lords. There's about eight days between uh, the games. Uh, England, you know, do need a frontline spinner, and Ben Stokes said, "I want one." I, Liam Dawson, I suppose, is the the obvious alternative if uh, Moen Ali can't make the Lords Test match. You know, just you know, just not fit enough. The finger is just not uh, right. It's amazing, isn't it? You 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 play for the IPL for two months. You bowl 26 overs, and in one day of Test cricket, you bowl 29 overs on on the spin, and you know, it, it's, it is a problem that he's had before. It's a problem that lots of spinners have had, and they, you know, they are desperate for him in, in that second innings. Oh, my feeling is, oh, I mean, you don't want to get too greedy, but you'd love to have 310, 320 in the bank, something like that. And you know, you can look back on the game. You think England, they they missed chances. They could have had a lead of 70 or 80, and they also could have pushed on in their first innings and scored 430. I mean, the ifs and buts of cricket, but the the start. And harsh reality is they're 35, effectively 35 for two with two days left. So it's beautifully poised. Uh, and just one final thought, uh, the sparkling moment of the day, nominate yours uh, as the match progresses. Go to our Twitter feed, our Analyst Pod Twitter feed, at the Analyst Pod, and post your own sparkling moment of the day and you could win a bottle or a magnum of Chapel Down English sparkling wine, which I promise you is very nice. So, sparkling moment of the day tomorrow. Give us that at the Analyst Pod Twitter feed. Okay, that's it for today. We'll be back tomorrow at the same time, expecting more dramas from the ashes. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.